Back at the end of April 2008, policymakers at the Fed found themselves caught between what they believed were two competing risks to the overall economy. On the one hand, there was all that housing bubble stuff, busting, going nuts, banks making noises, some stuff in the funding markets, some weakening in the U.S. economy, but at the same time, oil prices. Oil prices surged and kept going way up to the point that many policymakers around the world, including those in Europe, were more concerned about inflation than they were with all that stuff with housing and money and finance and deflation. When the FOMC got together at the end of April 2008, Janet Yellen recounted a phone call she had with the treasurer of Chevron. Chevron, of course, the big American oil producer, a company that you wouldn't expect to be having trouble finding loans, lines of credit. But that's exactly what the treasurer of Chevron told Ms. Yellen. He said, even though we're a highly rated company, even though our profits are through the roof and oil prices appear to be impenetrable, business is good at Chevron. The banks that they dealt, they dealt with were refusing to extend their lines of credit. And the reason was because banks throughout the economy at that time were beginning to really clamp down on both lending, especially through higher lending standards. As Yellen recalled also in that same meeting in 2008, she said, among banks, the latest senior loan officer opinion survey or SLUS noted a clear tightening of lending standards. And my own discussions with bankers confirmed this point. They say they are carefully reassessing and significantly curtailing existing home equity lines of credit, as well as unsecured consumer loans of all sorts. Banks are clamping down on the provision of revolving business credit, even to very credit-worthy customers. Now, up to that point, you go to the, C to the Federal Reserve's commercial and industrial loan category for the uh, commercial bank balance sheet data that they hold. And what you saw was, up until April 2008, C&I loans on bank balance sheets had wildly accelerated. They were growing at a 13.5% annual, annual rate. The prior August, when all of this fireworks and funding markets uh, erupted, but by April 2008, CNI loans were growing at a 21.5% annual rate. Massive acceleration in CNI loans. Was that because the Fed was cutting rates? Or because businesses in the economy were, were thinking things were getting better, not worse? I mean, after all, we had this massive money market disruption. We have banks doing odd things, talking about real trouble on their balance sheets. That was really the answer here. Companies know when banks are in trouble. Companies know when they're about to be slammed out of the credit markets. And so in anticipation of that happening, which takes time to happen, Corporate managers said, we can see the writing on the wall here. Let's get every little bit of credit we can under our books so that we can weather the coming storm, which, by the way, is exactly what happened because April 2008 would be the top for acceleration in consumer industrial loans, not just consumer industrial loans, all forms of other credit too, because banks really did clamp down on lending standards, demands for loans fell off a cliff, and we all fell into the deep recession, which wasn't the recession of 2008 and 2009. 
So what do we see in 2022 heading into 2023? An acceleration in commercial industrial loans, which many people have taken to be inflationary when we should look back at April 2008 and listen to the treasurer of Chevron. And not, not just the tre treasurer of Chevron, we might also need to listen, at least in part, to one Janet Yellen. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, if you're interested, we have Eurodollar University memberships available where we get into the monetary details that the mainstream central bankers in particular are too afraid to go into. We get into the history, the diagramming, what is actually money in this crazy Eurodollar world of ours. We also offer uh, research subscriptions, a daily briefing I put together as a partnership with Markets Insider Pro, everything that's big and interesting and each day as well as commentary on what's important in the markets for that particular trading session. And I also do a deep dive analysis every day, which is a deep dive analysis of whatever topic happens to be front and center at that particular time. We go deep into the Eurodollar details. We talk about curves, money, the implications and consequences of all of these things, not just in terms of economy, but also social and political conditions too. All that available at eurodollar.university. So let's go back to April of 2008. Remember, this was after Bear Stearns. And Bear Stearns to many policymakers represented a terrifying potential window into the future, as well as maybe the worst. Maybe it was going to only get better from there. And by April 2008, there was sort of this gray area and ambiguity where it wasn't clear which direction things were going to take. At least it wasn't clear from their perspective. Because they had inflation they thought to worry about in the form of oil prices, but they could also see this stuff in the credit markets as well as the money markets was starting to have more serious effects on real economic and real financial outcomes. And as Yellen said, in addition to what she said before, as I said in the beginning, she also said, you know, the real danger for cutting down on CNI loans in particular was that would undercut the economy at a, a particularly inopportune moment. My sense from our business contacts is that their perception of reduced access to credit is causing them to manage their firm's liquidity more carefully and is leading to some deferrals and capital spending projects as a precautionary measure. Certainly the mood is decidedly more pessimistic and cautious. Now they don't just defer capital spending projects. When you're a business that's uncertain, uncertain, when you're facing economic uncertainty, you, you lighten up your capital spending projects shortly. You, you reduce your budget for non-discretionary items, cancel some future plans. But what else, what else do you do? You also take a look at your major costs and inputs and maybe take a, start taking an interest in cutting back on those. Of course, I mean the labor market. And it would be over the, the subsequent months, not just April, but then getting into May, June, and then really the summer of 2008, once banks really did start cutting back on credit, uh, credit availability, revolving lines, non-revolving lines, all sorts of CRE loans, CNI loans, everything that banks could offer to companies and businesses, both big and small, once they started cutting back, businesses didn't just start cutting their, their capital spending, they, start, they started really cutting their workforce. 
And again, this was something that Federal Reserve policymakers were well aware of because this Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey, or SLUS, is put together by the Federal Reserve. It's something they talked about as policymakers, and particularly this crucial moment in what would become the Great Recession. Another policymaker, Kevin Morse, said, not only has the Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey continued to be disappointing, large money center banks appear to be pulling back from some segments of the small business markets entirely. Third, interbank funding market problems, as others have discussed, seem inconsistent with the broader improvement in credit markets. It is a troubling sign that all might not be as well as it appears in this curative process. Because I said, as I just said before, there was this idea that once, once they had, at least they believed they had solved Bear Stearns, everything was going to take off. Everything could potentially take off and begin to recover. And that the trough of whatever was going to happen in 2008 was in March of 2008. But there were these ominous warning signs, including what we saw from loan officers who were saying, we're battening down the hatches. We're getting ready for the storm isn't passed. The storm is still in front of us. Even though we see some modest financial improvements in certain places, some spreads had come down, bankers themselves were telling the Fed and anybody who paid attention to the sleuth survey numbers that they were taking risk off the table in April. This was after Bear Stearns. They were looking at the economy, the marketplace, money, all of these things and saying, we need to take less risk not more. And as Janet Yellen correctly identified, that was going to have an enormous impact on both large and small business throughout the entire economy. Knowing all this, though, I can hear you asking, as I always do, why didn't they realize what was going on? Because during these periods, and this is, this is the case a lot of times, they always fall into, this is not just policymakers, it's you and me and the public and anybody else who's, who, uh, who observes economic and complex systems, we tend to fall back to our own biases. And for policymakers who are also economists, they have these massive econometric biases. They were more afraid of inflation in, in, real, in, in, in reality than they were afraid of this financial monetary crisis that was looming in the background. They thought that the economy, well, yes, it turned weak, but then they got normalized to the weakness and said, okay, payrolls are coming down a little bit, but not all that much. And this is a major housing bust we have on our hands. It seems like the economy is holding up really well. It's just a minor contraction in the first quarter. No big deal. Maybe this is resilient. And that's just nothing more than a form of recency bias. Policymakers, as anybody, begin to believe that if something bad was going to happen and it didn't happen, then it might it, it probably can't happen or probably won't happen. So they kept coming back to this idea that the economy seems to be holding up relatively well in the face of enormous headwinds. And all that was true, except that the amount of headwinds that were being experienced by the economy weren't the entire catalog. There were more and bigger headwinds still to come, including this stuff in consumer loans and in just bank credit in general. They wanted to believe that they had done a decent job. They had successfully surmounted all of those negatives. Despite what they were, what they were seeing and hearing, they wanted to believe Bear Stearns would represent 
the ultimate success for the Federal Reserve, like LTCM had a decade before, at least at least in the in the public imagination. So companies, consumers, financial market participants, they were all battening down the hatches at the same time policymakers and economists told the public we're cautiously optimistic because we've got fiscal stimulus. We've got the Fed cutting interest rates. How, how can that not be a powerful introduction of stimulus into the real economy? Well, it wasn't the senior loan officer opinion survey show that wasn't having any effect on bank balance sheets. So the point of this discussion, obviously, is not just about 2008, although it is very good to go back and review 2008, if only for people to become aware of what really went on back then and how policymakers, economists always fool the public into believing the wrong things because policymakers and economists don't really understand the economy. They have a very mathy equation spreadsheet view of how things work. If I do this, then this happens. But when they do this and that never happens, they never go back and rewrite their equations. They simply expect that they need to fine tune and find the right number as they would try, attempt to do at different times along the way. Earlier today, we got the Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey for, well, January 2023. That was when the survey was conducted. So it's the latest survey for the first quarter of 2023. And guess what? I know you can already figure out what has happened in it. Lending standards are tightening in a way we haven't seen outside of repeated recessions throughout the economy. Not only are we seeing lending standards go up, we're seeing demand for credit also go way down, in particular, certain categories. So let's go through the SLOOS data uh, because I think it's helpful in understanding what's ahead of us, not what's behind. Because this idea of a soft landing, soft landing fever is looking behind. Oh, consumer prices are coming down, so that must be a good thing. At the same time, banks are saying, yeah, we're starting to really batten down the hatches here. And it can't be because they're anticipating good times ahead. The same with consumer and industrial loans. Um, companies have been taking those out all throughout last year, but there's already the hint in that data that they're rolling over, as well as in the SLUS survey, which shows re uh, much reduced demand for credit because companies have loaded up their liquidity and are ready for what's ahead of us, which is not a soft landing. So in the SLUS data, uh, those in the CNI loan segment, the, these are senior loan officers, say that 44.8% uh, told the Fed that they are tightening lending standards for large loans. 43.8% are tightening lending standards for small loans. That compares to 39.1% in October for large and 31.8% for small. So substantial tightening going on really since the middle of last year. And really, that's what we see throughout the SLUS data as well as a lot of other things. In the middle of last year, it seems as if everything began to change. Was that because of rate cuts or because the economy had already turned its corner? In the CRE lending space, commercial real estate, again, lending standards have become recessionary tight. 49.3% uh, um, in terms of demand. So senior loan officers say that 49.3% uh, say that demand for commercial real estate is falling. 
That compared to 26.5% in the fourth quarter and a plus 6% back in the third quarter. So that would have been July of last year, right around the time when the economy fell off. So the demand for commercial real estate tailed off dramatically in the second half of last year. But what really sticks out is that it, it, the same happened for, in, in terms of demand for multifamily funding, loans, commercial real estate loans, which you wouldn't expect given the fact that rate hikes are having an impact on residential single-family real estate, not necessarily multi. In fact, you would expect multifamily construction to be through the roof because if, if, if people aren't going to be buying single-family houses, they need somewhere to live, there should be a multifamily apartment boom. But this suggests that demand for commercial real estate is down because developers in commercial real estate can sense a change in the underlying economic fundamentals. And that extends, of course, to consumer credit. Consumer lending standards are tightening there as well, as are, uh, uh, I think it's 28.3% are reporting they're now tightening lending standards, which is just getting into the recessionary range. But what really stands out is that the senior loan officers are saying their willingness to make consumer loans is falling. It's minus 12.5% versus minus 6.8% in the fourth quarter of last year, plus 5.2% in the third quarter, and plus 18.6% last year's second quarter. So a dramatic fall off in the willingness of, of banks to make consumer loans. And minus 12.5% doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the same as January 1991 toward the bottom of the SNL recession. It's worse than the worst point in the dot-com recession, which was the fourth quarter of 2001. And it's about the same as what Janet Yellen probably saw or what she likely saw in the senior loan officer opinion survey from April of 2008. So what we see is banks are saying we're pulling back credit from the economy. Companies were already acting in anticipation of that fact. So if we're going to have a soft landing, there's another headwind to consider. And one that companies, the real economy, and eventually workers were not able to overcome back, what was it, 15 years ago, more, almost 15 years ago now. Yellen was right to be concerned because once banks start cutting back credit, that's even more powerful, uh, more powerful negative than the helicopter payments that the Bush administration unwisely unleashed at that time. So we're facing what looks to be the dreaded credit crunch. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, a huge sincere thank you to research subscribers at Eurodollar University at Markets Insider Pro, as well as I love Eurodollar University members too. Until next time, take care.